0: this is A W L S podcasts on wilderness medicine from the University of Utah School of Medicine Hi this is Richard Ingebretson from the University of Utah School of Medicine thank you for listening to our AWS Wilderness Medicine podcast today remember to log on to www.wildmedu.org where you can see our other programs how you can certify and study uh, wilderness medicine. We have an extremely uh, special guest today. We have Brian Squire with us. Brian is an 18-year-old young man who uh, took a very incredible uh, turn in his life to become a national uh, champion in climbing. In fact, he's won two national youth championships uh, while he was in high school. And the first question I want to ask you after you say hello to us, Brian, is, uh, first of all, that's an incredible thing to win a national title in anything. But to our audience who uh, loves outdoors and a lot of these people love climbing, they're going to want to know how you got into climbing. And tell us a little bit about what brought you, first of all, to win two national championships.
1: So, yeah, uh, my name is Brian. I'm a climber. I'm from Massachusetts, and I've been climbing my whole life. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to win national championship twice um, in bouldering, uh, which is the shorter walls, so no ropes. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, Rich, my dad was a climber, um, and he got my mom into it. And every every house that I've ever lived in, my dad has built a climbing wall in our garage, and so I grew up climbing on that wall. And Then a climbing gym opened near my house, and I started climbing at the gym and joined the climbing team there. And when I was about 10, I started competing, and so it went. I just loved competing and loved getting better and was able to win nationals.
0: That's such an interesting story, starting climbing so early. Do you think that you had a natural talent to it? Is that why your parents built the climbing gyms, or did they want you to become a climber?
1: My parents definitely did not want any of us to become climbers, at least not forced any of us to become climbers. Um, I have two other siblings, and I was the only one who continued climbing throughout my life. Um, But my parents have always been super supportive of me and definitely have some sort of natural talent for it. And, yeah, they've been super supportive. I've gone on a lot of climbing trips with my dad, and my mom always travels with me to compete. Well, that's interesting. Uh, Ryan, when did you... You said you competed at 10. Uh,
0: What uh, competition is there for a 10-year-old?
1: So USA Climbing, which is the organizing body for climbing in the U.S., uh, they have a youth series, which starts as young as you want. Um, You can be two years old and compete. You're probably not going to do very well, but um, you can compete all the way up until you're about 18 or 19. And the way the youth series works is that every... Um, two years, you'll be in a different category, so the categories go in two-year increments. When you were 10, did you think then
0: that you might win a national title? Was that your goal, or was it just to become a good
1: climber? Um, my parents actually didn't let me compete for a little while, so I wanted to compete when I was like 7. And my coach and my parents uh, made me wait until I was about 10 to start competing Um which, lucky for me, I my first nationals I competed, I ended up getting 11th. Which, for it being a first nationals, almost everybody does not do that well. Um, but it definitely gave me a lot of confidence in myself and made me want to win even more. Because um, I knew I had it in me. Were you afraid of heights at all back then? Not really. I think everybody who's really young just uh, sort of has that innate monkey ability and just wants to climb things, and so I never really was that afraid. Well, when when did
0: you first decide to want to become the, a national compete?
1: Um, I don't know if there was really a defining moment. I think as soon as I competed, that was always the obvious goal, and it was something that everybody who I looked up to um, had achieved, and for me, it was just a natural step in becoming a better climber and pursuing my dreams of competing on the, the World Cup circuit and becoming a professional climber. You had mentioned one time to me that your parents had taken you out of school to do homeschooling
0: so that you could practice. Uh, was that so that you could become uh, compete for the national
1: title? Kind of. I've always sort of had an interesting school life. Uh, up until sixth grade, I was in the public schools, and then for a couple of years up until I think sophomore year I went to a private school which was better at first but in the end I didn't really love it. Um, I just couldn't climb as much as I wanted to and every time I wanted to compete I had to leave and miss a lot of school. So for the last two years of high school I did a online high school and for me it worked out really well. I was able to climb and compete as much as I wanted to and get all my school work done um, and it really enabled me to Get my dreams along the line a lot better.
0: Tell us what it uh, when when you're preparing for the national title and you know that becomes your goal, I assume you you take a, st- a step up in in your training. What was training like those years c- competing you know preparing for your first national championship and then your second like what is a daily routine weekly routine? you're talking about exercising often on the wall, how much time on the wall, so forth?
1: Absolutely. Um, I, I was on the local climbing team up until I was 16, right around when COVID hit. And until then, I had always just trained with the team and I really thought much of it. And that's, I won my first national championship on the team. And then after that, I sort of outgrew the team a little bit. Um, and so I worked with a private coach. Her name is Megan McDonald. She's an amazing person. And... That helped me a lot. I was able to train independently and get personalized workouts from her. And I definitely ramped up the training quite a bit. It was more intense and more days a week um, and a lot more off-the-wall stuff, so more weight room and stretching and mental training. Um, But there's a lot that goes into it. It's definitely more than just climbing.
0: And so did you have to do... uh Uh, exercises for your muscles your fingers, your back, your legs what else? What did you have to do?
1: Yeah, I I think a lot of people think of climbing as just an upper body workout but it really isn't, especially competing Um, the more weight that you can put on your feet, the easier it's going to be so I was doing a lot of leg workouts actually Um, a lot of like explosive leg workouts to get my power up Um, but then I was also doing a bunch of stuff for my arms. So a lot of weighted pull-ups, um, finger strength training. Um, yeah, just a lot of stuff to get my power up. And my endurance needed to improve a lot as well. So I was doing a lot of like anaerobic activity.
0: And and when you are, uh, uh, in order to win a uh, bouldering, it's I assume it's speed, is that right?
1: Not exactly, actually. So bouldering is more based on difficulty is the easiest way to explain it um you have four different boulders and you want to try to get as high as you can on each of them and if you can get to the top of each of them that's the best you can possibly do um but there's points along the way so there's a bonus hold and if you can get to the bonus hold you get credit for that um or if you can get to the top you get even more credit um but essentially the highest you can get on those four boulders the more points are going to be awarded and so the person who gets the highest on all of them is going to be the person who wins. So that's that, that's interesting and it differs from regular climbing competitions you don't have any ropes is that correct? Yeah definitely so sport climbing or lead climbing um, competitions is sort of the same thing it's based on difficulty and the high, the person who gets the highest is going to win. Um, But you have a rope and you only have one attempt on it, and so on your one attempt you have to try to get as high as you can and be really efficient and smart with what you do.
0: I think it's an amazing feat that anyone can win a national title in anything, but I know the devotion and the dedication to accomplish a fact where you've not not won one, but two national titles requires just an enormous commitment, time and effort, and a, a lot of pain. Can you talk a little bit about that and what it took and some of the injuries and some of the problems that you had to overcome to get to this uh, really quite incredible feat?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard to put it all into words because it sort of all accumulates over the years. Um, I've had... no ne- I never really had any major injuries that stopped me from climbing, um, but probably... I've had a few finger injuries along the way that have limited me quite a bit. Um, but I think more so the challenges that I've faced is all all mental stuff. Um, climbing is all about problem solving. And if you are not in your game, then you're just not going to do well. There's no way around that. And so for me, being able to focus and climb as myself was really hard for me. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself and went through a lot of periods of depression because I never thought I was doing as well as I could have or I thought I needed to work harder or stuff like that. Um, And that was really hard for me to overcome. And it's something that you can't just ignore. Um, Like, the longer that you let it sit there, it's just going to make my climbing worse. And so I had to have a long talk with my coach about that and figure out what I was going to do. And for me, like, I took a break from comps for a little while to just reset. And recently I've been trying to put less pressure on myself. Um, And I think the pressure for me comes a lot from seeing some of my friends who I've known for my whole life and competed against, they've – had a lot of success recently, and one of them went to the Olympics recently, and that was really inspiring for me. But at the same time, it was it was frustrating for me because I didn't really think that I was capable of doing that at the moment. And so, all my friends who I looked up to, but competed against my whole life, were now doing things that I've always dreamed of, and I wasn't doing that. Um, But I need to take a step back, and I'm still working on that, to just think in the the long term. And I'm only 18, and I have a lot of my career ahead of me. Um, And so someday I'll go to the Olympics, hopefully. Uh,
0: That's, Of course, that's the the competitor's, uh, I would say, um, problem or its challenge is to compete with, everybody, your friends, and everyone to try and achieve. That's why uh, you get competition. Uh, let me talk to you just a bit about, um, you talked about the psychological aspects of trying to overcome uh, uh, and uh, become a national champion and not go to the Olympics. What are uh, some of the uh, injuries that you succumb to, like uh, little ones or big ones? And have those, do those keep you from moving on and achieving your goal? What have have they been?
1: So, I've had a number of finger injuries over the years. It's a really common climber injury to injure your tendons or your pulleys. Um, Unfortunately, two of mine happened right before the world championships after I won nationals one year, which was very frustrating. So, I wasn't able to compete very well in that competition. Um, But besides that, I've had a lot of shoulder injuries that have sort of lingered my whole life. Um, Not my whole life, but, you know, a a good portion of it. and those are mainly just frustrating injuries like you have to be careful for them and not make them any worse than they already are um, stuff just like rotator cuff tears or um, like pec strains something like that
0: Have you had to have uh, any surgeries?
1: I've never had any surgeries um, yeah I've never really had any major injuries the worst maybe a sprained ankle or a sprained wrist that kept me for a little while but no, I've never had any injuries that have required more than a low level of physical therapy. A lot of the
0: people that are going to listen to this today are going to wonder what you did off the wall to prepare. And also, as part of that, uh, what does a national two-times national champion do for food, energy, nutrition before, after, so on to allow you to compete?
1: Well, I'll answer the first one. Um, so... A lot of it is just uh, just practice. Um, the more competitions you do, the more experience you get, and the more confident you are in your problem-solving ability on the wall and just how strong you are. Um, but, yeah, a good warm-up and just being in the right headspace is all going to lead to a good performance. Uh, nutrition-wise, though, it's... Every climber is different. There's not really any um, any exact diet that is best for climbers. Um, unlike a lot of other sports, we don't want to be, like, super big and heavy um, or with a lot of muscle mass. Um, so we want to be pretty lean, almost like uh, distance runners. So a lot of people will stick more to about a 2,000-calorie like diet, um, and a lot of vegetables, a lot of climbers are actually vegan. I'm not, but I don't have a ton of meat in my diet. Um, now, why is
0: that, Brian? Why why are uh, climbers uh, vegan? And also, you talked about 2,000 calories a day. Uh, are are They're trying to stay light, but I would also imagine that during a climb, you're going to burn a lot more than, calories than that.
1: Definitely. Um, Interestingly, climbers wouldn't look like your stereotypical athletes. Um, Most climbers are actually like around 5'8 to 5'10 for guys and not exactly sure how tall you are for girls, but not like athletic standards. Um, And they're pretty lean. Like for me, I weigh about 135 to 140 pounds. And I'm a little bit on the lighter scale because I'm a little bit shorter but um yeah climbers don't really want to ever feel that heavy and so if you're going to be feeling really heavy you're not going to climb as well um and vegan diets will help you feel pretty light because you're eating a lot of very clean food um and climbers naturally are also just very protective of the environment and vegan is definitely a a way to to enhance that a little bit but uh when you
0: were climbing and starting, did you um, emulate or even idolize a particular climber and model that style,
1: that plan, that goal? Did anyone inspire you? I wouldn't say I had one specific person. Um, the climbing community is really small, and so it's really easy to like idolize just people who you're surrounded by. Um, so a lot of the people I was competing against, I looked up to. Um, people that were competing who were older than me, I looked up to. Um, anybody on the, the World Cup circuit. Um, but yeah, no, it's a really easy sport to, to idolize people in.
0: Have you ever, uh, what are your, first of all, uh, around the nation, around the world, what are your favorite and best, uh, other than win- winning these two national bouldering titles for youth, what is your, um, what are your favorite climbs, the climbs you're most proud of?
1: Well, I'll start first by saying just that outdoor climbing is a huge part of my life. Um, and it's always been that way. My dad never competed. He was always into climbing outside. Um, and so that's my relationship with climbing with my dad and my parents. Um, but for me, I, from the Northeast, I've done a lot of climbing in there and my goal before I went to college was to try to do all the hardest boulders um, in the northeast and for the most part I accomplished that goal which I was very proud of Um, so some of my favorite climbs there were uh, the fly, uh, Chelsea Smile, just certain boulders that I really had to put a lot of work into Um, but yeah I've climbed boulders up to V-14 outside for anybody that knows the grades and for for lead climbing I've done up to 14B.
0: <clears throat> I'm not exactly sure what that means but the climbers do and I have a sense of what it means but I also want to ask you this question and that is and just listening to you you don't sound completely satisfied you have goals beyond that from the, from your northeast climbs promotion the national title it doesn't sound like you're done Uh, can you tell us what your thoughts are about the future for you
1: yeah climbing is kind of crazy like that how there's always going to be something more to achieve um especially climbing outside um but no the olympics are a huge goal of mine uh probably not likely for for paris in 2024 but my my long-term goal is to make the the L.A. Olympics in 2028. Um, but aside from that, I, as hard as I can climb outside would be my goal. I don't really have any specific grades in mind, but just as hard as I can possibly climb for as long as I can.
0: You're in school now, and, and you're planning on getting a degree and
1: competing in the Olympics. That's the goal. It's it's ambitious, but what's the point of having goals if they aren't ambitious?
0: So you've you do have ambitious goals ahead of you, and Uh, a lot of the people that are listening to us also have goals in climbing, and some people um, maybe have never climbed. Why do you speak to those people for just a minute and tell them about some of the things you had to overcome and uh, what they should do?
1: Yeah, well, climbing is one of, if not the best sport, I think. Just for someone looking to get into climbing, it's a sport that you can do by yourself but it's also really social so I think it's unique in that sense but it's also just really fun it's a natural movement and there's always goals and it's very easy to get better at climbing if you just put work in Um, but in terms of the hardships again one thing I didn't mention earlier was that training alone can be really difficult sometimes so where where I live in western Massachusetts there's not a huge quantity of climbers in that area um, especially not people that compete and training is sort of a foreign, foreign thing to a lot of those people and when you have someone to train with it makes the whole process a lot easier um, but for me keeping motivation and training alone was really difficult for me, especially for the past couple of years where I was not on the team anymore.
0: I think I know the answer to this question. But again, um, you have a lot of uh, young kids and you're going to have parents and you're going to have a lot of people listening. Um, uh, I agree about climbing. I think it's a wonderful sport. I have climbed. I'm not a climber by nature. Um, But was it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it going to become worth it
1: for uh, you? It is absolutely worth it. I would not change any part of my life to, to substitute for the climbing and the, the places I've been and the people I've met. It is truly wonderful. I want to thank you, Brian, for coming on our podcast today.
0: It was very inspirational and uh, motivational at the same time. Congratulations on your two national titles. This ends this podcast on climbing to the top with uh, Brian Squire. Thank you for listening.